0: What schoolyard game would you like to see made into a professional sport? Hopscotch. Oh, I was going to say hopscotch. Oh, see, you shouldn't have asked me first then. Well, I'm going to go with jump rope. That's already a sport. Darn it, how? (laughs) I have several made-for-Disney-Channel movies that I can recommend for you if you need further proof. The world has always bet against Lincoln Hawks. Nothing. Why'd you leave us? It won't happen again. what my grandson found, I don't care how you do it, do it. But a winner never listens to the odds. <laughs> Whatever happens, I want you to stay with him. Yeah, yeah. Come on, him, him Where'd we end up? Together is all I can guarantee. Sylvester Stallone over the top. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah, and this is Morris More Is More, Bad Movie Podcast. Where today we're talking about Over the Top, starring Sylvester Stallone, Robert Loggia, Susan Blakely. Yeah, Mostly we're just getting Sylvester interested. Stallone. Yeah, it's Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone supposedly like co-wrote this movie, but I don't know. He didn't conceive of the original script, so I guess maybe he wrote some changes to it. Yeah. And the thing is, I think he tried to distance himself from it a lot later because I've read a few things where he's like, oh, you know, I was only in it because they just kept offering me more and more money. And I was like, whatever, no one will see it. (laughs) And uh, then when he was like unhappy with the final version of it. Yeah, because he apparently had control over the final cut, and he's given a writer's credit on this. Yeah, I think he just was like, oh, it's a bad movie and people didn't like it. I had nothing to do with that. Well, and he probably didn't care that much about about it when he was making it. No. But honestly... This role of lovable loser is way better suited to his acting talent and charm capability than a role like Demolition Man. It absolutely is. He was much better in it, although this was a real a really dumb movie. Yes. In a different way. And it's mostly I think the reason it gets remembered at all is because of the arm wrestling stuff. Um, yes. They combined two such strong choices. Truck driver on the road plus arm wrestling. Yeah. Professional arm wrestling. Those are two really strong choices. And I just think it would be a super average a strange father-son movie if the arm wrestling hadn't been in there. And then you're just like, what? Just... <laughs> What turn did this movie just take? I know. You're right. It would be totally forgettable without that. Yeah. But with that, it's insanity. Of course, the title itself is apparently supposed to broadcast to us that it's an arm wrestling movie. Because they constantly talk about going over the top in arm wrestling as being like a thing. Yeah, but then it's it's like a thing that he... Seems to only pull out sometimes. Just when he really needs to at the end to win. yeah. Which I is, don't know why everyone doesn't do this all the time. Right. Why doesn't everyone do it? And why wouldn't you do it every time? I know. So we open on Stallone, whose name is Hawk. Hold up. If you ever want to feel like you were back in the 80s, watch these credits. <laughs> I had a moment where they started, and I was like, wait, was this movie made in 97 or 87? And I had to check because I was like, if this is 97, then I'm way off on what I thought 90s movies were like. I mean, this... It's so 80s. This has some of the worst music I've ever heard in my life. And like, Mm -hmm. cumulatively, over the course of a soundtrack, it just adds up into just hilarious song choices. It does. Most especially, this opening number. In This Country by Robin Zander. I encourage everyone to go to YouTube and look for this song because it's just the worst parts of, like, 80s rock Mm -hmm. combined with incredibly sentimental patriotism. I know. At first, the subtitles were on. We didn't put them on, but they came on with the movie, and uh, we had to turn them off immediately because they were making the words so much dumber. (laughs) It was ten times worse if you were reading it. (laughs) This YouTube video is never going to have had as many hits. Yeah. If one person looks it up. (laughs) True. But yeah, he's just a simple man who takes pride in his truck, washing it till it gleams. Uh, You mentioned his name is Hawk. Yes. It's Lincoln Hawk because I guess they vetoed his first choice of Washington Eagle. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to be a patriotic man. Yeah. Well, we see him driving his big rig all around America which I guess he's actually driving to a specific place because we intercut it with a military school, middle school graduation. When the students are dismissed, they all toss their hats in the air, except for one Michael Cutler, who promptly puts it back on his head and looks around at all of the others being congratulated by his parents. And we already know that this is a sad stick in the mud kid. Yeah, he does hate fun. Yes. Hawk drives up to the school in his big rig, which Honestly, it would just be one of the most embarrassing things of all time for any child ever. This was really, <laughs> I felt, an unforgivable mistake by Hawk. Yeah, but he also couldn't really win. I feel like a lot of people dropped their monocles while he was walking up the path. Although, to be fair, he's literally wearing a blue collar. Yeah, but they were like, what is he doing here? There's literally a woman who gasped that. I know. And I'm like... How would you not just think he was, like, the gardener or something? Well, gardeners don't wear clip-on ties, for one thing. But it is they weird. They may at a military school. No, well, they may. It is strange that they acted like he pulled up in a blood-stained wife beater. <laughs> yeah. And, like, mechanics pants. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. And it, I felt they were overly surprised. Well, they definitely were. <laughs> it was but, just to show us, like, yes. oh, you think this is a good, hardworking, working man? Well, guess what? Everybody else hates him. Yeah, all these people look down on him. So, yeah, he goes up to the main building to talk to the principal, who's actually a colonel. Because, you know, military school. Michael, meanwhile, the kid, walks up to a limo, which was sent for him by his grandfather, which was just insufferable. Who is how we know his grandfather is a good man who only has his best interest at heart and is not the villain. Yeah. So before Michael can leave, though, he's called in to see the colonel. The colonel tells him that his father's going to take him home as per his mother's instructions. But Michael denies having a father at all. Turns out he's never met his father, like, ever, to the point that he demands to see some identification. And then, Hawk pulls out, as identification, not a driver's license, a photo, a wedding photo, of him and the kid's mom. I guess if you wanted to make sure that, like, this guy was actually your father, maybe that would be good identification. You know, all I could think of was, wow, remember when you could just show people a photo and they'd be like, great, that's real yeah hundred percent. I mean, it was kind of sad that he knew this would be a problem. Yeah. He first saw this, and he brought the marriage photo. Yeah. Anyway, Michael gets no say in the matter, though. He has to go with Hawk. Right, because as the colonel points out, your mother is the one who has custody of you, and she's the one who legally makes choices, not your grandfather. Sorry, kid. Yeah. So. so when Michael realizes they're going to drive home in Hawk's big rig, he asks why they can't fly. And Hawk says that his mother thought it would be a good way for them to get to know each other. So we're going to go on a three day trip with them uh, <laughs> as they drive slowly to get to where his mother is going to have what we find out later is heart surgery. Yes. They're very unclear on her disease right up until the end. Even then, they don't actually say what it was. No, they don't. But at first I thought she had cancer. Yeah, but I guess she still had her eyebrows, so. I don't know how they treated cancer back then. Um, it was just the late 80s. They had radiation. I have no way of knowing. Okay. So Michael is insufferable at any chance he gets, but Hawk puts up with it like a champ. It really like, does. Yeah, it's like this kid, guy's been dealing with angry tweens his whole life. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good at it. In the truck, there's a bunch of pictures of Michael taped up around, uh, that which Michael's mother sent him through their correspondence because mm-hmm. apparently they're living in the 1940s and write letters to each other frequently. Michael demands to know why he never got so much as a single birthday card, but Hawk says he sent him lots of cards, hundreds of letters. How did you not get any? I'm like, oh my gosh. Hawk was writing to his mother, right? His mother never asked why you're never sending my son, your son, any birthday cards. His mother, like, he never asked, hey, why do I never hear from Michael after I send him these cards? Yeah, right? Yeah. Not saying that this is a flawed movie, but (laughs) um, I do think. I would not have stood for that. Well, actually, my thing is, there's one person who's solely to blame for every problem in this movie, and she gets the, none of the writer. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, the mom. It's the mother. It is. And everyone acts like she's a saint and had nothing to do with any of the decisions anyone else made, even though she's actually the reason all of the problems happened, as far as I can tell. We'll go into that further later. No, she yeah, but it's it's one hundred percent her fault, and no one ever mentions it. No, they don't go into it. There's a lot of things they don't actually follow up on. Yeah, and all because they lead straight to her. I was very upset with her this whole movie. Yeah, if they could have somehow pinned it on the grandfather, they would have. But yeah, so Michael says he feels sick. So Hawk pulls over and then Michael tries to run away through ongoing traffic on the highway. It's like which like a six lane highway, yeah, by the way. Which as a driver made me dislike Michael a lot. Yeah, it was pretty upsetting. That's like and, my worst nightmare. Right. And I was like, kid, according to your jacket, you are highly decorated. Get it together. Yeah. Because also, what's the what's the plan after this? I mean, I get you're very emotional about where your father's concerned, but after you manage to run away from your father, then you're just stranded with no money and nowhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got a rich grandfather. I hope he has some change for payphone and can tell his grandfather where he is and is near enough to a place where all that can happen. As we will see later, it appears that this child has no problem getting transportation at a moment's notice. With no apparent form of payment, yeah, (laughs) I don't think it would have been a problem. Michael's grandfather arrives at the school and yells at the colonel for following the instructions of Michael's legal guardian as to his well-being, and then says he's going to tell the board about it. I mean, he was this close to asking to speak to a manager. I know. I mean, obviously, we're meant to hate his grandfather, and we do. For one thing, he's very tan. Yes, and also very litigious. He's so litigious. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't say he was going to sue the school because, I mean, obviously he's no legal standing, but that would not have stopped him, I feel like. He says that Michael's mother isn't in any shape to be making decisions, which we'll soon see. It's just a bonkers thing to say. Yeah, I thought she was going to be like bedridden, barely able to speak. Like, no, she's fine. Yeah. She's just, you know, short of breath sometimes. Yeah. Hawk and Michael stop for lunch at a very crowded truck stop. And while they're there, a couple of thugs come up and challenge Hawk to an arm-wrestling match. All I've been hearing on the road lately is this Hawk is a man to beat. I can't believe everything, you hear? I don't! I don't believe anything! I have never seen a human being get as angry over anything as this man is over having someone else tell him that a stranger is better at arm-wrestling than he is. It was weird. And then without explaining anything further, Hawk leaves Michael alone at the bar (laughs) and goes to what seems like a makeshift arm wrestling arena? I don't know what you call it, but this place is set up for it. Well, they get a lot of this here. It's a truck stop. Clearly they do. That's most of what truckers do. Yeah, and I mean, don't worry about Michael, because a huge threatening stranger definitely approaches him and asks him creepy questions, like, what are you doing with that guy? I know. What do you think, man? What what could he possibly be doing with him? Obviously, he's related to him. Well, Or, Hawk is a pedophile. It's one of the two, and if you think it's, he's a pedophile, why would the kid... Be left alone. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you think you have to ask the question, then you should be calling the police. Exactly. It was just weird. Also, this guy is apparently, like, an actual arm wrestler, the guy that played this part. I card. know. He's, he's won, like, 30 titles, and it's insane for me to even say that statement, so... About arm wrestling. Enjoy that. Also, he's bald in this movie. He wasn't before... They he didn't want to shave his head for it so they paid him $10,000 to shave his head and then he was like I look pretty good I'm probably going to stay like this forever that's funny <laughs> So Hawk and the guy who challenged him whose name is Crusher arm wrestle and Hawk wins winning also a wad of cash he goes back to the bar and is challenged by the creepy guy whose name is Bull. Bull. He Who is so sweaty and all he has done is vaguely threaten a child. <laughs> I know, it's Everyone great. in this movie is sweaty. Well, apparently, because he's like the reigning champion, so I'm like, why are you concerned about this guy? Yeah. Trying to learn what his moves are before the... Because everyone talks about him like he's nothing and the odds are super stacked against him at the end and all this stuff, so I'm like, why are you concerned about this person? Well, and it's kind of weird because then he's saying like you should come to Las Vegas for the championship. Well, it's like he wants him there. Yeah. All very weird. Hawk turns him down, and then Bull mentions Vegas five times before leaving. I mean, just an insane number of times (laughs) to jam Vegas into a conversation before leaving. So, you know, no idea if that will come up later. (laughs) Then Michael accuses Hawk of being a hustler, even though... It was the other guy that challenged him Mm -hmm. knowing full well he was supposed to be an excellent arm wrestler. That's the thing. The guy literally walked up and said, I heard you're the best. That was the opposite of (laughs) hustling. Yeah. I feel like he called him a hustler because he was... Took money at the end. Well, maybe that, but because during the wrestling it almost looked like he was going to lose, but then he went over the top title and slammed him down. And I was like, that's only hustling if he then took cuts on bets made during that moment. Like, that's, yeah, this is crazy. It just makes me think that as a 12-year-old child, he had heard the word before, but didn't actually know what it meant. Impossible. A 12-year-old not knowing what a word means? Well, unfortunately, I actually think it's the screenwriter who didn't know what the word meant, because I don't think he was clever (laughs) enough. To say, you know, a 12-year-old might not know what this word means. Yeah, and no one ever corrected him, so... Yeah. So he storms off to go call his mother, but his mother, in a very pastel hospital room, tells him to give it some time. Mm -hmm. The grandfather visits the mother, and they have a conversation that makes her seem like an abuse victim... She yeah, oh, asks a child. Yeah, she asks if he's mad at her, and then tries to justify wanting her son to have a relationship with his father. Tries to. <laughs> We're not having it. Yeah. Oh wait, whose side are we on? <laughs> the grandfather just says he's no good with no more explanation, and then basically says not to worry your pretty little head about it. Then tells the doctor to notify him if she receives any personal calls, and dispatches his goons to find Michael. How is that not, like, abuse behavior? Yeah, I think two of those things that he did are illegal. Yeah. And what's funny is, the only thing that could excuse the mother in this situation is if she was the victim of constant emotional abuse from the time she was a child and so was already used to being under the grandfather's thumb. But they never implied that that was actually the reason all this happened. Yeah, that only seems like the case when you really think about it. Yeah. Because you're like, well, why Why else would she? And it's really only about the way that the movie is portrayed because you think, why else would the movie not talk about what she's done to be complicit in this? Yeah. And you, you think, well, it must have been that. Yeah. But and we shouldn't have to think about the screenwriting process right. to justify a character's actions. Well, I know, because then it causes a whole other host of problems, including why there's never a conversation with her and anyone else about, like, how the situation got to that point. Back in the truck, Michael asks if he's still dealing drugs, which is apparently what his grandfather told him. <laughs> Again, uh, what is wrong with his mother? Yeah. That you didn't say what type of man his father was. Like, you didn't tell him the truth about all this. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, Hawk says he never did any of that, but Michael, of course, doesn't believe him. It's exactly what a drug dealer would say. Exactly. That night, they spend the night in Hawk's truck, sleeping, sitting up in their seats, which I think isn't actually how truckers sleep in their truck. I think there's normally a little bed behind the seats, that but they're just going. Absolutely the truth. Yeah, but they're just going to go with sitting up in their seats. Yeah, and not in this Not truck. even putting their seats down, which <laughs> you probably can't do in a truck. Anyway, and then Hawk, before they go to sleep, makes a really pitiful attempt to <laughs> snuggle, but yeah. Michael's not having it. Well, good night, Mike. Good night, sir. By the way, if your neck gets sore tonight, you can use my shoulder for a pillow. Uh, Thanks anyway, sir, but I think I can manage. You sure? Positive, sir. I don't mind. all right. So, of course, when they wake up, Hawk has his head on Michael's shoulder. Oh. Then we're subjected to a bonding montage to another horrible song, which ends in Michael accusing Hawk of having the mental acuity of an 11-year-old, which somehow leads to Hawk teaching Michael to drive his truck and then actually letting him drive it on the highway with other cars. Okay, the best part of this—I do like that you said subjected to rather than treated (laughs) to— But the best part of this weird thing is he's like, oh, okay, well, you think just anybody can drive a truck? Uh, I'd like to see you do that. And I was like, proving that a 12-year-old can't drive a semi is not going to disprove any other argument made before now. It proves nothing. Well, but then even worse, he proves that a 12-year-old can drive a semi. I know. So how dumb are you, buddy? Here's the other thing. You shouldn't try and make it seem like truck drivers need to be geniuses in order to do their job. That's never going to be the case. No, that's not what they need. They need a lot of endurance and the ability to be alone a lot. Right. And patience. Yeah. And I mean, there's other qualities you, you need to have a truck driver, but... And a lot of people don't have those qualities. Well, and also, just because other people can do your job doesn't mean it's not a job worth doing. That's, well, that's the other thing. Even if other people can't, even if everyone can do your job, that doesn't mean somebody doesn't need to do it. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, the bigger issue is that your kid is the worst. I know. And is so elitist and insufferable. Uh, yeah. He's. Awful. I mean, can you imagine this kid in college? He's only twelve right now. Oh, I know. After lunch that day, Hawk forces Michael into an arm wrestling match by challenging one of the local bullies for him. Yeah, and he's he's like trying to get the kid over his fear. Oh, the best way to do that is to spring a surprise contest with uh, intimidating peers on someone. Yeah. Michael loses, of course, because he doesn't do this semi-professionally like his father does. And then he runs away crying while the bullies laugh at him, which was just the most painful thing to watch. horrible. Although, these are the most late 80s bullies I've ever seen. They were great. Yeah. Outside, Michael says Hawk's trying to make him into a loser, just like his grandfather accuses Hawk of being. But then Hawk says the biggest lie of the entire film, which is that he doesn't care what Michael's grandfather thinks about him. Yeah. That is false. Um, (laughs) Also, I like that Michael's metric for being, if Michael's metric for being a loser is losing at arm wrestling competitions, then Hawk is clearly (laughs) a winner. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Get it together, screenwriters. Yeah. Can I point out that the name Hawk changes to Hawks partway through the movie and then changes back again? I did notice that, and I thought I'd gotten it wrong when I first wrote it down, and so I looked it up, and then it turned back into Hawk, and I was like, oh, now I'm just confused. On the yeah. Wikipedia page, it says Hawk with no S, so. Yeah. but they're clear. their choice? Every character is clearly saying Hawks for a long time there. Oh, they say it that way in the subtitles, too. Yeah, it's, there's so no explaining it. Maybe it's a fun nickname? Sure. For Hawk? A fun nickname that the grandfather is in on? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's an insulting nickname. That he calls himself? (laughs) Literally everyone uses this name. (laughs) There is no explaining it. I tried. So then Huck says he believes in Michael, which means he could definitely do it, even though he's a spoiled rich kid. And Michael is unfazed by this insult. Um, He goes back in and wins twice more because this is the type of movie we're watching. Oh, yeah, well, he just needed to hear (laughs) an encouraging, halfway encouraging sentence. Yes. Yes. And then Hawk actually takes money from the bully. I know. You just Which, I'm money like, from am kid. that should have been Michael doing that, because Hawk taking money from that kid really felt weird to me. Not good optics. Yeah. Uh, but hey, Michael, you know how you accused your father of hustling earlier? This is textbook hustling. Yeah. You're like a foot shorter than this kid, and you were scared to do it yeah and don't take the money i mean just no gosh that was very upsetting because i'm like obviously like you are a spoiled rich kid and this kid clearly grew up in a trailer so (laughs) taking his money seems like a bad thing to do it's pretty rude to base that just on his hair it was terrible hair though i mean you saw it right so cool though in 87 (laughs) oh my gosh Michael calls his mother to tell her about it, and then she talks to Hawk, asking him to stay with Michael no matter what, and then asking him to make things work with her father, Michael's grandfather, because he's too set in his ways to change. Seriously? If Hawk was capable of that, he wouldn't have left in the first place. Also, why couldn't—if you couldn't do it, then how's he supposed to do it? Yes, lady, this is 100% your problem. See, and this is how she got into this situation. She apparently doesn't realize you can't force people to change. Well, and my thing is, if she actually wanted her son to have a relationship with his father rather than her father, maybe you shouldn't have continued to live with your father after you got married and had a kid. They're not divorced, by the way. Yeah. So maybe you should have actually lived according to your husband's abilities of providing... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you would have had to leave your rich, fancy neighborhood, but he was clearly making money of some sort. I mean, for one thing, now he's a trucker. I don't know what he was doing then. Yeah. So he was clearly capable of providing for you in some measure. I mean, the fact that your son has no relationship with his father is your fault. Yeah. Because you didn't want to leave your rich father. Exactly. But no, no, she's, she's sick, so we can't criticize her. Oh, my gosh. And she never even, like, reprimanded her father, apparently. No, it seems like she's never tried talking to her father at all. Yeah. She certainly never curbed her father's influence over her son. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, even arranged Christmas with his father. I mean, the fact that his, his, her kid is 12, I just don't understand how it's like everything's totally fine between the two of them. They get along great. Like, the husband and wife, they get along great. There's no, like, resentment about the way things ended or whatever. And she's clearly in favor of her son having a relationship with his father. And yet, not even a single holiday spent together. He's 12 years old. It is insane how they tried to make this plot work. (laughs) They clearly wanted a sympathetic mother who was good, a father who was also good, and had never seen his son before for some reason yeah and then just like an evil grandfather who we could blame everything on as though no one else had free will in this equation yeah exactly and the mother and the father to be on good terms and still in communication but that's crazy so yeah but they were working so hard to make this this truck thing happen yeah yeah it was real weird (laughs) Anyway, at the end of the call, a couple of guys kidnap Michael in a super traumatizing way for Michael without once mentioning his grandfather. Which you could totally see. It was broadcast a mile away that he was going to get snatched because you're seeing the the phone call. It's the background action on the phone call. Exactly. He's standing with his back to a window through which you can see Michael just tooling around (laughs) outside. And then, like... for thirty seconds you're like, he's going to get kidnapped, he's going to get kidnapped, he's going to get kidnapped. Yeah. And then it happens. Yep. Hawk goes after them, and eventually the kidnappers run away and Hawk gets Michael back. There's like a car chase and stuff, but I didn't He ends care. up with a manly like cut on his head. Very nice. Back with the grandfather, his lawyer tells him that there's no way he can get custody unless Hawk can't support Michael. The grandfather refuses to accept this answer though. That's it. It was just, find a way! Dude, you're right? Yeah. Meanwhile, Hawk and Michael practice arm wrestling while Hawk is driving the truck, which makes me very unhappy. Well, he's just teaching him on that machine, though, right? No, they're, like, arm wrestling in the seat. Oh, I missed that. Somehow. They were also doing, like, the workout. Well, like, this is how I work out in my truck while I'm driving. But this was, like, them arm... Like, his eyes were not on the road he was here's my thing this is all like unsafe driving behavior anyway but the fact that you're driving a huge truck with a load on the back makes me very unhappy do you know how many people you could kill with that yes yeah, starting with your child yeah first of all if that was really what he did all the time while he was driving his right arm would be comically larger <laughs> than his left arm and i don't understand it he is showing the kid how to do it, and he's like, yeah, that's good. Keep your wrist straight. And his wrist <laughs> is bent, like, 90-degree angles, and so is the kid's. And every time we see it after that, we see him doing it by himself in the truck later, and he's got his wrist <laughs> super bent. And I'm like, what does keep your wrist straight mean? Am I the crazy one? <laughs> straight pointing forward, maybe? Yeah, straight straight at the ground. <laughs> yeah. But keep your arms straight in the sky. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, Hawk tells him his dream of owning his own company with his winnings from the Vegas competition. Then Michael asks why Hawk left, and Hawk just says he had reasons and he made a mistake, but it won't happen again. Which, this is all we ever get. This, there's yeah. never a continuation of this conversation. It is all we get. And that's also not what you should have said. You should have said mutual choices were made, because you really shouldn't put all of the blame on one parent, ever. If you're, you know, if you guys are getting along and, you know, everybody wants to have a relationship with everybody. Just to say, I had reasons. Yeah, I had my reasons. His grandfather has been accusing Hawk of dealing drugs and stuff. And then tried to kidnap his son. Why wouldn't you just say, look, we had probably, like, your grandfather and I didn't get along and we couldn't make things work. And in order to reduce the tension in the family, I left. I realized now it was a mistake. How hard is that? That's clearly what happened. Right? Oh, my gosh. But instead, his grandfather spends all his time accusing Hawk of being, like, a criminal and a thug based on, I assume, just the fact that he's working class? Anyway. So they arrive at the hospital only to find out that, A, this is the first time it's ever mentioned that Hawk is still married to Michael's mother. Yes. And, B, that she died during her heart operation. Okay. Oh, my goodness. What is with this doctor... The nurse go, like gets this look on her face and then goes to get the doctor who's standing right there. And the doctor doesn't say, hey, come back to my office and we'll talk about this. He leans over the reception counter and is like, oh, she <laughs> died. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's like the nurse could have done next, that. Next, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this puts a real dent in his relationship with Michael who blames him for not being able to see her before she died. Because of course you would. Like, well, it is uh, technically his fault. Well, it's technically the mother's fault because she forced it. Well, yeah. But, of course, even as an adult, you'd probably blame the person who was driving the truck. Yeah. So then Michael actually gets a taxi driver to drive him to his grandfather. This is the thing where you're like, you didn't need to see money from He hops kid. straight in a taxi and the kid's like, I'll pay you later. And <laughs> the, the guy's like, all right, sir. <laughs> what? Apparently he can do it with airplanes, too. Yeah. As we see, I don't understand. Oh, we'll talk about the thing with the airplane. It's very I'm, confusing. After the funeral, Hawk goes to get Which Michael. he interrupts. <laughs> he comes late and is like, Oh, excuse me, I'm just going to put these flowers on the coffin. I know everybody else is sitting down and the priest is talking. I think you I'll see myself out. <laughs> yeah. So, great impression there. <laughs> so, after the funeral, Hawk goes to get Michael Actually driving his truck through the estate gates when they try and stop him. Because apparently he didn't realize that all he had to do was involve the police since he's now Michael's legal guardian. I mean, you can just accuse... You can call the police because technically the grandfather is kidnapping Michael. Yeah. Yeah, he is. So, here's your two options, buddy. One, call the police. Get custody of your kid forever. Two drive through the gates and commit insane property damage and recklessness, criminal recklessness, probably, and make a good case for you never having custody of your kid again. He goes with option number two. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So he does get, of course, arrested for destruction of private property because apparently no one wants to stop to think about, again, about what might be traumatizing to Michael, who's watching this whole thing. I know. Oh, this kid is going to have so much PTSD and trust issues. Yeah. The grandfather's secretary comes to see him in jail, telling him that they'll drop all charges if he gives up custody of Michael. He's also brought Michael to talk to him. Again, the trauma. He's conflicted between his love for his father and the stability his grandfather offers, which I think is very clear-sighted of him. Surprisingly, it is. Hawk gives a rambling, awkward speech about his love for his son, which seemed super realistic for his, you know, character. But Michael tells him he can't go with him. So, Hawk leaves him with the parting advice that the world meets nobody halfway, and he has to do what's best for him, which is probably the attitude that left Michael without a father up to this point. Right. So, also, uh, Mike, can you tell the prison to turn the AC down on your way out? <laughs> it's boiling in here. He's got sw- His shirt is drenched in sweat. Every, I cannot emphasize enough how sweaty every single person in this movie is. And by that, I mean anybody who's supposed to be manly at any given moment <laughs> is drenched in sweat. Sweat so is the manliest thing. Never the grandfather, never any military men we see, never the mother.
1: Just the wrestlers class.
0: constantly drenched in sweat. <laughs> so there's a sad montage with Hawks selling his truck and Michael going through his mother's things, which I actually think... May have been his grandfather's things, not his mother's things, even though that looked like a woman's room. Well, if so, his grandfather owned a very sparkly black (laughs) purse. Okay, then it must have been his mother's things. See, this is what's weird is Michael goes through his mother's things and he finds not only the letters that Hawk wrote to his mother, but also letters that he wrote to Michael. And they're in the same place And they're in a purse. And they're opened. Yes, they're all opened. But he never received any of them. No, but he doesn't have any questions. He just gets a big smile on his face like, he did love me. But honestly, Um, I feel like this is something that you would have tried to pin on the grandfather, not on the mother. I know. I don't understand that. Well, okay, yes. But at the same time, the grandfather wouldn't have given Hawks letters to the mother either. And if the mother was getting the letters, Mike's letters were getting sent to the same place, so she would have gotten those two. Like, it, there's oh no way, <laughs> there's no way that she could have gotten one and not the other. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, they don't ever even try to explain, like, oh, your mother was in a hard position because of grandfather and money and whatever. They never even try to explain why she did that. No. So, hot goes to the tournament in Vegas and bets big on himself, even though the odds are long. Michael steals one of his grandfather's cars and drives to Vegas to see his father. Grand Theft Auto immediately. (laughs) So, let's just talk for a little bit. The stuff with Michael gets intercut with the tournament, but like, I'm just going to say, I was insanely confused by the timeline on what happened. I thought he stole the car and drove all the way to Vegas. But somehow five hours away from where they are. Well, whatever. I don't know. But somehow he actually actually It appears to be going on at the time, which (laughs) doesn't really give you a lot of time. But somehow he snuck onto like his grandfather's private plane. I don't think it was a private plane. So he snuck onto a commercial plane. He snuck onto a commercial airline. But he was like in the baggage department. Well, which a private plane definitely wouldn't have. Well, that's a good point. Look, I don't know. There was something on a plane and him getting there. He eventually got to Vegas, but I feel like he committed several felonies along the way. Oh, he super did. And almost died because he did pop out of the baggage return machine with the bags, which you would die if you went in there. (laughs) Yeah. And his grandfather's men are, of course, after him the whole time. It's hilarious. They're such boobs. Can't catch a 12-year-old kid. (laughs) So we see a lot of build up for the tournament, trying very, very hard to get us to take this seriously and failing epically. It's so funny, especially when they start with the mockumentary yes. style talking heads. It's so funny. Yeah, and there's one point where Hawk is doing an interview bite like that, and it was so realistic-seeming. And this is the thing where I'm like, this was actually a really good part for Stallone. He did it really well. But, because it was kind of like the Rocky character of the lovable loser, who's not really that smart. He's a likable guy. He's doing everything for the right reasons just the line where he's talking about, like, see, I do this thing where, like, I turn my baseball cap around, and, like, when that I turn so my baseball funny. cap around, I'm, like, a machine. It's, like, like this switch. truck. It, it flips a switch. I'm, like, a different person. Yeah, That was a Christopher Guest mockumentary situation. That was so funny. I know. Here's the other thing. Everyone else is, like, oh, yeah, I gotta win. I gotta be number one. And he is, like, yeah, I don't really care about winning. i just oh, I need this truck, oh, I need it bad, I gotta win this truck, that's the only reason I'm doing this. And I was like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if we didn't know that character, and there was just one guy in the middle who was like, everything depends on me winning this truck, it's all I have. It would be, it's so sad. It's it, the yes. most depressing thing I've ever seen. That is true. And I've seen Schindler's List. <laughs> Hawk and Bull, the creepy guy from the diner earlier, both work their way through the ranks to the semifinals. And Bull is nuts. He has whole oh, Hogan crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah. Now you have to lose twice to be eliminated, and the winner gets a bunch of money and a tractor truck because they know their audience. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Michael arrives with his grandfather and his men in hot pursuit. So, of course, during the tournament, Hawk loses the first match because drama. <laughs> yes. Oh, can I point out? There was this scene where men were wearing these weird platform shoes. Did you see that? No. They were like this tall and very thin platforms. And I got so worried in the middle of this tournament that a bunch of people were going to break <laughs> their ankles. That's funny. Now I didn't. Yeah. So the grandfather calls Hawk to his suite at the hotel, which he somehow has. He got it instantly, I guess, it's just so he could very call nice. Hawk up to it. Yes. Now that his daughter is dead, Michael is the grandfather's only family he says hawk never had anything so he has nothing to lose as though he didn't personally drive hawk away from his only family a long time ago isn't that insane he's like you have nothing to lose oh not his only son yeah are you kidding me And we've seen his life. He doesn't have tons of extended family. Yeah, that says more about the grandfather's perspective on the poors rather than anything else. He's like, your life's already garbage. What does it (laughs) matter to you? I care about my life. Yeah. A rich man like me shouldn't have to be without any family. Yeah. Just because I'm horrible and alienated everyone. Just because in order to have my grandson, I would also have to accept you. (laughs) That would be terrible. Uh, No deal. Yeah. I will fire every lawyer i have that's the only <laughs> deal i have yeah so the grandfather shows hawk a nice new truck outside writes him a check and tells him to leave but hawk says he's coming for michael after the tournament going back on the custody papers he signed and somehow the grandfather doesn't threaten to sue him over this yeah that's pretty strange it does seem like he put himself hawk put himself into a um, or hawks if you will <laughs> hawk put himself into a precarious legal situation yeah He starts winning his matches again and eventually gets paired up with Bull in the final match. As we knew was going to happen as soon as Bull walked onto the scene (laughs) in the diner. Before the match, though, Michael finds Hawk and tells him he wants to live with him. But Hawk tells him he has no money, sold his truck, and isn't sure he's going to win the match. (laughs) Things are real bad, (laughs) too. I know. Like, you just told the grandfather, I'm definitely taking my son. There's some real mixed signals coming out of this guy. Yeah. So, Michael gives him the old, the world meets no one halfway pep talk. Sound familiar, Dad? (laughs) He wins the match, of course, even though Bull hits him in the nose right in front of the judge, which somehow doesn't disqualify him. Oh, the refs don't even have any comments about that one. Not even a one more of those and you're out, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh... Can I point out that as soon as he loses, Ball is like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Like, you don't hear him, but they're like, yeah, okay, good, good game. Well, yeah, you really did it well. When his talking head was, I will kill." I mean, he didn't say this, but it was basically like, I have lost my identity if I lose this thing. Yeah. I have to be number one. They all celebrate with Hawk lifting Michael onto his shoulder, and everyone's super moved, including the grandfather in the audience. We close with Hawk and Michael setting off in the truck with Michael apparently now aspiring to be a trucker like his old man. That is not a happy ending, folks. Not really. You have tons of potential. Well, I mean, it's fine, but... Well, it's fine, except that you're getting this incredible education. You presumably your grandfather hasn't cut you out of his life. So you also have like money in which you could go to a really nice college and get, you know, a good head start in life. Yeah, it's also kind of hilarious that he's, like, transitioning from military school uh, aspirations to, I want to be a trucker. Yeah. Because, let me tell you why rich kids get sent to military school. Because they're terrible. I know. Uncontrollable. It kind of made it seem like he was just going to the school because it was really rich and fancy. But also, I was like, yeah, but military school is for troubled kids. And rich kids send their kids to military school when no other schools will take them anymore. Yeah. And there are some fancy ones out there that cater to that, but let's not pretend it's because this kid just hates fun. But, you know, they didn't make it seem like that was the reason this kid was being sent there, even though the grandfather didn't have any connection to the army. No. He so it was weird. To. Oh, hang on. Are we not going to talk about how when they're walking to the truck, he's like, the, Michael is like, we can start our own company and put, a, put on the side of the truck, son and hawk. Oh, I know. And the hawk is like, uh, yeah, okay, how about hawk and Son? And he's like, oh, hawk and Son. Oh, I like it. That just might work. And I'm like, yeah, you think maybe that's how humans would say it? Are you kidding me? You're 12. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird joke. You're, you're old enough to know that's not how people from Earth say things. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the budget of the movie is $25 million. Okay. Which is pretty reasonable, right? Yeah, I think so. It still lost money. Oh no. It made 16 million. That's really bad. Yeah. But, I mean, it's fair. I mean, it was a legit terrible movie. Yeah, with an audience of, like, very few people. I don't know I, who would have gone to see this in theaters. I don't either. I mean, I feel like the audience is people with 12 year old kids who wanted to see this movie with them or like diehard Stallone fans maybe maybe but I feel like this movie wouldn't have been masculine enough for them like action enough it wasn't actiony at all no so very limited audience so next up we're going to do a more recent movie Victor Frankenstein starring James McAvoy and Daniel Radcliffe And it looked legit terrible, not just from the reviews, but also from the trailers. (laughs) I know. So I can't wait to see two talented actors in a terrible movie. So that's what's next on More Is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, email at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.